0: My name's uh, Colin Brown. Currently, I'm a member of uh, Reggae Fraternity UK. This is a reggae collective of people that have come together to support UK artists and musicians in the UK. Um, we've been in existence for five years. I'm also a radio presenter on Chawa Radio. Uh, I do three shows a week on Chawa Radio, uh, two reggae shows and a mixed bag show on a Saturday. The Big Bridge Park Complex, I should say. Yeah, I've... Uh, I've actually used, I've actually hired the Bridge Park complex. I think I'd always heard of it, but I'd never been to this. So my first experience of uh, using the Bridge Park complex, or even entering a Bridge Park complex, was me hiring it for me to for, to, to to hold a uh, a memorial concert to a friend of mine who lived in the Brent area. Um, so that's that's one aspect. Uh, another is uh, Jetstar. Um, I had a meeting with Mr. Palmer when I released a, uh, released the song back in the 90s. Um, also, I did some work with the British Music Industry Association in Halston. So, uh, Ruth Jackson and um, Byron Lefouc, uh did some work with them at their HQ in Halston. Uh, you know, I've done a show or uh, an event at the Tavistock Hall. So, <laughs> one or two things I've done in Brent. yeah. My connection to reggae from birth, really. Um, you know, I'm I'm my my parents are from Jamaica. My um, my dad loves loved um, sort of buying music, so I'd be the first person to get hold of his new selection. Uh, you know, we we're from Southside, so from Brixton Market, he he would pick up some tunes, and I'd be the first to to get hold of those tunes and and play them, and that you know, that desire and that love of reggae from then moved into me um building a little uh, system little sound system uh then um building something bigger with my brother and a friend and, and forming a sound system uh and you know getting play hired to to play various various uh, clubs and gigs around around london so that's really been my involvement with reggae from very early age in the, in, the, in the 70s well sound system from the 70s my career from that side of things, uh, I was well into reggae in terms of the whole the whole shooting match with with, with sound system. With your involvement with sound system, you you kind of you lived, you breathed um, the whole thing. And when one, I remember an aunt of mine uh, coming over from America and, and asking because she you know she'd seen how. How interested and how involved I was with uh, music, and she just said, "I hope it's it's paying for itself." Uh, and and those words always rang in my ears to make sure that whatever we charged and uh, you know whatever gig we did, we made sure it was it paid money. It, you know, it paid it was worth the while, and we wanted to make sure that everyone that lifted a box in our sound system got paid, so that would help to set our wages and stuff. In Terms of we, we did our own promotions. We hired back in the day. You could do a boat dances on the River Thames. In fact, that's where we made our first initial money um, from uh, hiring boats on the River Thames um, and holding boat dances uh, and making lots of money and buying, you know, more putting plowing money back into the into the um, sound system to get better equipment uh, and bigger equipment so that we could then start to play with the bigger sounds. So um, yeah, I mean that's kind of our evolved with Breger, and probably one of the biggest things that I did with the sound system was to put on a show and dance back in the day. I mean our heyday was in the eighties, so we put a show and a dance on in um, the uh, in a banquet in Sweet and Clapham Junction. So we hired hired a PA, we hired a band, and we were the, and we were the sound system playing together. So it was a show and dance event, and that was. That was a tremendous success, and that was actually my first step into working with live bands. Yeah, we were in and around playing um, with sounds like Saxon. Um, we were in, in in amongst the mix of things. If I was, if I to put, um, you know, people are familiar with sound system culture, but what what I think they're less familiar with is the the fact that there were different tiers. Um, and I would always, I, I use the analogy of the, of the premiership. So you'd have the premiership, you'd have the top flight sound systems, and you'd have maybe the next, the next, um, the next division down. We were, in, we were in a division aspiring to get in the premiership. So that's how I always saw, saw things. Uh, so, but you, you know, you would, um, we'd buy dub plates, uh, just being in and around, promoting our own dances, being part of um, you know on a build that some a promoter has put together um, working you know uh, using the cutting the cutting studios cutting presses that's got, getting dub plates made shows dances just just everything we were we were a part of everything having a residency at, at a wine bar the what type of music was played in my household so I'm I'm one of seven children um, so nine of us in total and I'm in the middle my house was just all kind of sounds in my house. From rock, we had the carpenters playing. We had Rick, Make- Wake- Rick Wakeman electric light orchestra, James Brown, um, reggae. I mean, my mum, my mum was just into everything that we were all playing. That uh, the house was just a madhouse. It was people because there seven of us. We all had our own individual friends. We, we lived in a large house so it was just it, it was just crazy but uh because of that experience you know i i i've just um i just grew up with with enjoying lots of different types of music it was just amazing yeah i think the first record i purchased was um cherio baby uh, if memory serves me correct well where where i went to listen to reggae um initially i mean my father liked to have parties so we had lots, we had quite a few big house parties. So that was my first experience really growing up, you know, experiencing loud music and my uncle's uh, or my uncle had a sound system. So that was my first experience in the home of really been, you know, immersed, immersed in, um, immersed in music in that way. In the London scene, because I'm a South Londoner, um, it was really, um, I wouldn't say I was a club person. It was, I was more of a, A sound system person, I didn't really take to the glitzy club scene. I I was more of a raw person. I like to listen to sound systems in a hall or whatever. So yeah, in and around London, wherever a sound was playing that I was interested or if my sound was playing or we were supporting a friend's sound or whatever, I'd find myself in a hall. um, Yeah, just wherever, wherever the gig and wherever as a sound system, wherever we got a booking. The work that I do uh, on behalf of Reggae Fraternity UK is I I update our website. Uh, So one of the things that we have on our website is an events page. So I I make it my job to scour social media um, to find out particularly where shows are. So where artists are performing, reggae artists, UK reggae artists. Well, basically our, our website, the events page is about any reggae event that show, I should say, that's, that includes artists or whatever, wherever they are, we have it on our website. So people, we we aim to be a one-stop shop in terms of, from that information. So it doesn't matter where in the UK, uh, hopefully you can find, um, a reggae event. What that's going on somewhere in the UK on our website. So I, I do a lot of trawling. I keep my ear to the ground, um, be it by, by music press, um so mainly social media is where i pick things up and the, the per the reason why i do it and i do a lot of data mining and whatever is 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 to make sure that our website has the most up-to-date information <laughs> do i have a favorite reggae track no there's too many there's too many i don't want to say any one particular track no i love oh there's just too many to be quite frank and it would be what do I love at this moment in time? That that's how that's how it would be. What's my favorite at this moment in time? I mean, I I do something that's called cool, um, and on my uh, radio station, uh, we have what we call our artist of the month selection. So that anyone that looks at all my artist of the month selection will get an insight into my likes. My, well, this, most definitely, what I like. Um, my favorite UK uh, track at the moment is showing showing your love by a group called Nubian Queens, and uh, my international uh, favorite track of the month is Ginger, uh, Bible and Keys. That's what we're talking about for this month, August 2020. I mainly listen to reggae music now at home. Um, I'm a a radio DJ, and I get a lot of tracks sent to me. So I, I don't actually have to listen to other people's shows to find out what's going on the pluggers approach me so i you know in order to get my show up and running i have to sift through the the tracks that i receive from pluggers to make sure that i'm on top of my game and that my, show, my my show which is a show presenting the current music so i make sure that i uh, am on top of what's what's currently available that so i can present that to my audience so i do so my, the listening is obviously i listen to my fellow presenters on my radio station um, but and that's really the, the the bulk of my listening is done to listening to radio. Brent artists um, have made a massive contribution to to, to reggae. The whole Brent scene, um, you know, there's this argument was 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 Brixton the capital of the reggae of the UK reggae, or was, was Brent the capital of you know, or Lambeth was the capital, or was Brent the capital? But uh, you know, when you had you had Jet Star based in in, in Brent um, you know, you had the main the famous rehearsal studio, you know, BBMC in Brent, um, artists that have come out of Brent side, um, you know, Aswad, um, Arima, just so much has come out of Brent in terms of, um, artists and contributions, you know, Janet Kay. you know, the, the list goes on, it's endless current crop, you know, you've got Gappy Ranks, you know, Probably one of the it's in terms of next generation one of the you know most high profile hard working artists with so many uh, releases under it under you know to his name Uh, Brent well what can I say Simmerins I believe Simmerins yeah were based in um, Brent as well yeah so it's just so much come out of Brent sound system the impact of sound systems really i mean sound systems played a, a, a key a key part you know we, we if you go back in a day we never we never really had access to radio um, sound system sound system provided that bridge if you wanted to, to, to hear music that 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 your kind of music you needed to you needed to go to a sound system because back in the day, um, radio stations, you know, be it, uh, I think it was Radio London or BBC Radio London, uh, you'd have maybe one hour or two hours of um, music on, 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 on mainstream radio, reggae music on mainstream radio. So we weren't served by mainstream radio in the early days. So sound sound system um, was our way of hearing. The latest tracks, the latest sounds, and whatever. Then, when the the pirate revolution started, that now meant that we could hear our kind of music twenty four seven. That was amazing. Um, now we, you know, you didn't have to wait to the weekend or to go to a dance or whatever. Or you know, remember back in the day, one of the big things also was a cassette tape. So before um, the, the, the 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 radio, the pirate the pirate radio thing a lot of us used to collect um cassette tapes so we'd hear the latest uh, or get sound sound tapes sound system tapes and that would that would have on all all the, all the hit tracks and the latest tracks when the radio came along that that enabled us to hear the music that we were interested in any time of the day or night um that that was a major revolution the pirate the pirate radio we live in different times we we're in the internet age Sound system is isn't isn't. I would say it's not what it was. Um, yes, there's the root side of things or whatever. But back in the day, um, there was a sound, literally a sound system on every corner. Everyone had a sound, you know. Every group of guys had a, some sort of sound system. Um, that's that's what we aspired to. That's that you know. We didn't see ourselves on TV or, or whatever, you know, rapping or whatever. There, there was no way for those us to, 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 to aspire to those things. Or certainly we couldn't see it. Nowadays the kids that come up, they they, they 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 there's so much more for them to do, for them to choose. So whereas for us, sound system was a necessity, building our own boxes, um, you know, get in the wood, get in the speaker chassis and all of that. Kids nowadays, from what I understand, they don't they would just rather hire a sound system. Uh, this is the current crop of DJs, current crop of DJs. So they are not really into what we we were into, which is building building the sound system from scratch. I'm not saying I can't generalize and say all, but uh, my understanding of the current situation is that what we did back in the day and the way we did it, that's that doesn't happen anymore. And you can get ready-made um, equipment from the stores now that deliver the kind of sound... That we couldn't get from uh, the shop, uh, ready-made stuff when we were when we were growing up, when we were first starting out. So we had to build custom speakers. We had we had to get custom amplifiers. A lot of that, as I said, you can get off the shelf now. You can get the kind of sound that you want um, from specialist stores now. Sound system culture and how it supports the it supports the economy. In general, to put on, to put, I mean, most sound systems back in the day, if you weren't putting on your own dance, um, you were a promoter was putting on a dance, and and you know your sound, it's your sound and your name and your following. Um, if you were being hired by a promoter, a promoter was hiring you because you had a following. He wanted your crowd. Now, to put a dance on, you need to advertise your dance. So one of the first places you acquaint yourself with. Is the printing shop, so we'd all in the South London. We have Pronta Print, uh, so that the printers would be designing big flyers, big posters, and 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 you know hand flyers, small flyers. So the, the printers would be doing roaring trade um, with the with the um, with the print with the printing the flyers for us. Once those flyers were created, they were then placed in barbershops hairdressers, or you know the food shops. Um, you know, so people going to those places, so it's the barbers, the food shops, whatever, as well as getting your hair cut or you're getting your food, you those were places of information where you could find out what was going on. Um, because we had limited press um, in terms of, we had the Black Echoes and, and whatever, but Black Echoes in terms of, um advertising the local uh raves or the local gigs or whatever no that's you literally had to go to your local hairdresser uh barbershop or or West Indian bakery or whatever or food shop uh, to, to, to find out where the latest gig was uh yeah so the sound system culture whatever you know, it, it all one, one hand wash the other. Um, the, 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 the owners of the stores would allow uh, the promoters to put their, uh, and in fact, create have a special space for flyers and, um, you know, uh, the, the advertising um, literature for, for people. So I think, I think um, the owners of those stores, saw that having that was a benefit to them because it would bring people in that that wanted to know where the latest gig was. And sometimes you go in just to pick up a flyer and you might buy something at the same time. If it's a food shop, you might buy a drink and you might buy a patty or whatever as well as picking up as many (laughs) flyers as you could to find out what was going on, where the events were. Yeah, the dress code was, was, yeah, very important back in the day. Um, You go back in the day, um, the way we dressed, you could identify, there there was a distinct, there were different cultures. So you had the reggae culture, you had the soul culture. So you know who was a reggae man, you know who was a soul man. And then obviously then there's, you know, whoever was Rusta, that was a whole different thing again. But definitely with reggae, we had a a specific type of clothes that we would wear. Um, you know, uh, yeah, quite distinct. Yeah. I remember when velvet jackets were in at one time, I remember having a petrol, petrol blue trousers. I wouldn't wear them now, but, um, and check, check trousers and check, check jacket. Um, I mean, we were quite loud when I look back at the, at the, um, at the fashion back then, but you know, you felt, yeah, you felt like, yeah, you, you would have done wearing certain clothes back in the day you know you, you 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 know and it was the, the you'd search hard to find a store because uh, what you didn't want to do is wear what everyone else was wearing so he's tried certainly i didn't want to i wanted to be one away I wanted to be unique so try and find a shop off the beaten track that would have you know uh, you know obviously a style that's Fits within what you you know the culture that I was in the reggae culture, but was different. You know, for example, when we had um, the uh, velvet jackets, I, I remember finding a store that did just more than plain. So I had a sort of slight kind of check, a very faint check in my in my um, grey velvet jacket, which was which was unique, and I didn't see anyone with that. So yeah, we we were distinct from the soul people, from the soul crowd um soul people went to their 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 gigs and whatever and reggae people went to their gigs and you know when people would have a had a would have a party that's where kind of tension would develop because the dj would have to try and balance playing a certain amount of reggae and then try to satisfy the soul people with playing a certain amount of soul yeah so we had we had our distinct cultures in terms of dancing i tried to Keep up on some of some of some of the dance styles back in there. Um, the water pumpy, horse move, you know, in reggae. You know, the thing, the thing with with, with reggae is the songs name out the dances um, from way back, and then you 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 know. You'd pick up the dance from from other people, or maybe people have just come over from Jamaica with a dance style, and then you watch you watch someone who knew how to do the dance, and then you try and pick it up and, and, and make it you know really try and make it your own. But my earliest, even going back like before those sorts of things, one of the things that struck me was the the shuffling, because I used to go to a place called um, oh where was it down in Clapham North? Um, I can't remember what it was called. But they used to have shuffling contests. So at the end of the dance, um, you know, people would do what's called shuffling, which is really move, move quick movement of the feet. Um, and you, to watch some of these guys do their shuffling, it was just amazing. And, you know, to see who, you know, it was literally a contest at the end of each. Um, I think it was Lord, Lord David used to have those um, contests. What was the name of the club? Can't remember the club. Club, but yeah, shuffling, shuffling was an amazing thing. I I could never shuffle, but um, yeah, th- th- you know, throughout every so often a new dance ca- comes along in reggae, and uh, yeah, some I, I think now with the the, the new styles, I kind of give it a miss. They they're, they're on another level now. These these dances, they're serious. They're almost professional dancing now. It's it, the moves are so sophisticated reggae has always had social commentary um you know some songs and artists have always um not just sung about lovers and 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 um fictitious things but have provided social commentary and in fact um from 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 a jamaican's perspective we would know a lot of what what you know good or bad things happened uh, politically in jamaica um because it would be in a, it would be in a song and even if there was a storm or whatever, then there'd be loads of songs about the storm. So yeah, um, a lot, a number of us, in fact, a group that I, um, I, um, I, I, I used at our first show and dance, True Identity. I mean, they were part of it. Was it Young Socialists or something like that? Uh, and uh, I think the, you know, Labour Party, um, you know. Was, was involved in um, many activities with the youth. Um, so you know we were young people then. So we'd find ourselves um, engaged in certain events that were that, that, that were hosted by uh, political. Uh, not that any of us were that we were deeply embedded within politics, but you know if you're going to get a gig out of gig out of some of these things, or, or you know one of these events might need. Our equipment just for as a PA system. So you know, I've seen we've been um, hired uh, just to use of our our equipment for PA purposes at uh, at a um, at a labor meeting, a labor uh, event. Um, yeah. So within the within the lyrics of the song, there's been lots of social commentary and whatever's been going, whatever's happened at the time, riots or whatever. You'd find that recorded on the, in some song or the other. Um, take Smiley Culture police officer. We could all relate to that um, because we don't, you know, any driver in London. I mean, it still goes on now. Stop and search. That's what he's talking about. You know, police officer, don't give me a producer. Yeah. So nowadays with the reggae scene, um, my involvement is with artists, musicians. Um, recently held, uh, so, sorry, artists and musicians through the organization called um, Reggae Fraternity UK. Uh, and my involvement is also as a uh, radio DJ and presenter on a station called Chawa Radio. Um, so both 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 those uh, things lead me to be involved in in, in reggae music. Literally, uh, it's, it, for me. It's a full. It's a it's full time. Um, we held a symposium trying to uh, look at how we could get more UK reggae played on. On radio stations, so we got uh, radio station uh, station managers or representatives to come and talk about uh, uh, how how producers and artists can uh, can 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 get can get their state their their radio- their sorry their songs played on the station. So I'm quite involved in the day to day business of, of of reggae music in, here in the UK. Brent can preserve its reggae her- heritage. I think the reggae map is a brilliant concept, and in fact, I've uh, I've made contact with um, Brent Twenty Twenty Zaretha uh, and said that we would like to link. This is we with my reggae fraternity UK hat on. We would like to have a link um, on our website to the to the reggae map, and I think that's quite um, you know when other boroughs um, do you know win their a borough of culture I th- I think the reggae map is a brilliant idea um because that is that is an archive and that's showing people exactly where um places were um or existed and what and and you get a history a sense of what was going on um in Brent at, at a period in time yeah so accessibility via via the internet I think is key so even with these archives, the video, sorry, the audio or video archives, um, access, on, access on a website that um, is going to be there um, for years to come. One of the problems I, I've seen is that many people, I'm not saying this will happen with Brent, but many people have started initiatives um, and yet it's a great initiative. There's great bit, great um, information uh, only for a year or two down the line for that site to have gone down and that information that was there, it's just all gone. That's my concern, that when people start these initiatives, um, that they um, maintain them and they look to, you know, they have a 5, 10, 15, 20-year plan for how people can continue to access this information for years to come. So I think what Brent's doing is amazing, archiving, getting uh, getting people's testimonies, um, just make sure that it's available for years to come. I, I, when I say available, and I don't mean that you have to search really hard for it because I've got issues with one or two archives that are out there now in that they're not easily searchable. Um, so it should be easily searchable um, so that people, when they want to do their research, be academics or just someone you know, doing a Google search or a search, quickly trying to find out some information, The one, however it's stored, it should be easily accessible.